Well, good morning, church. We're so glad you're here with us today. Rather, if you're here in person with us or you are online watching from your home. Yes, okay, a couple of us are excited about that. Thank you, fam. Um, we're going to get right into it this morning. For the sake of the children that are here today, we want to um, save their parents <laughs> uh, from having to chase them around and keep their attention. Um, for those of us here today, hey, listen, we're going to be laying some of the framework out for the new year this Sunday. If I get a little more volume in my microphone, um, we're going to start laying the groundwork for where we're heading as a church. Come on, how many are excited about 2021? Uh, some of you, you better be excited about 2021. Jeez, we, we need to be done with 2020. Although I don't know if 2021 will be any different, but we can hope, right? Keep hope alive. Well, uh, again, we're going to start laying some of the uh, groundwork for the new year, and um, I want to kind of give a little backstory, if I could, before we get into today's sermon of how this all came about, because honestly, God kind of graciously downloaded in my heart um, some vision for the new year. Simply, it was, I wasn't in prayer, I wasn't prostrate, I didn't take like a week off and like just meditate up in some cabin, Lord, what do you have for us in 2021? I simply had a conversation with another brother in this church. And his name is Andrew Montoya. Yes, yes, yes. Um, from that conversation, I, 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 I have absolute faith and trust that me and Andrew are going to be good friends. Uh, him and his wife, Karen, have just jumped on as leaders. Uh, I know, long overdue. We are super excited about, the, about that. Um, but um, they're already starting. Matter of fact, when they walked in here day one, they already started acting like leaders. They served, they just kicked in wherever they could, add strength and help, and, and disciple people. They just, they locked right on. And so follow them, follow them, follow their, uh, their witness. Um, but we're excited to have them on the team. And I had a conversation with Andrew a couple of weeks ago about our first in-person service. And, you know, Andrew simply just came to me very respectfully and said, hey, man, I was just discerning some things about Sunday. And we got into some of the details of what he was discerning. How many know you need friends around you that can discern? You, you need friends around you that have the gift of discernment. It's a gift, guys. We're not getting, like, superstitious here. We're not getting weird. God has given us the ability to discern certain spirits, certain things. And so you want friends, especially leaders, pastors. You want leaders in your life that can add to your life and not take away. And Andrew and my conversations totally was one of those moments where I felt added to. I felt strengthened in God, and I felt like I had a sense and a moment of clarity and without getting too much into the things that he was discerning, we started quickly just navigating through some of the practical ways in which we can start to turn uh, the ship, so to speak, of Hilltop. Let's just look at our churches like some big giant ship that we're, we're charting this course. And we may be a little bit off course. And now as leaders, we're trying to say, okay, how can we get back on track? How can we get back on the right course? And I think that this conversation lended in a way that it was helpful for us to manage and think about how can we get this ship back on the right course. And so uh, we started talking about some of the practical steps to do that. Like, it's one thing to discern and keep it all in, you know, kind of like the spiritual, you know, atmosphere of things. But it's another thing to just bring it down to earth and say, okay, what does this practically mean for our church? How can we practically take steps to, to change the course and change direction so we can get back on the right path? And so 
In, in talking, I, I, I simply said this thing that just kind of leaped off my tongue. It literally just came out of me. And I really feel like it was something from God and, and something that's going to help us in 2021 to get on the right course here. And, and we're going to be calling this four-week, three-week series Praise, I'm sorry, prayer, it's, it's, it's important that we get the sequence right. Prayer, praise, and proclamation, a new year with a clear vision. Let me say that again. Prayer, praise, and proclamation, a new year with a clear vision. If you have your Bibles, open with me to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 26, verse 41. One verse hiding out here. Uh, if I got my stories right, this is where Jesus is deeply connecting, I guess if you would, to the fact that he is going to be betrayed, sold, and not too much long after that be put to death and crucified. And he takes his disciples away with him and he asks them this. He says, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. Okay, just one little verse. Jesus' command to the disciples in that moment of anguish, that moment of despair, invites, not invites, but commands his brothers to say, watch and pray with me. Jesus said this a lot, actually, throughout his ministry. He, he talked an awful lot about watchfulness and prayerfulness, to, to be alert. Jesus had commanded his disciples, commanded them to pray and watch with them. But instead, what? If you know the story, they fell asleep. Instead of being vigilant and on guard, their desire to sleep overpowered their desire to obey. Anybody relate to that? <laughs> I, I, can, I, I can tell you of a couple moments this week that I had where I felt like God was inviting me to pray. God in that frame of mind, God in that place and started praying and not... Too long ago, uh, too long after the invite was given, I started to fall asleep. <laughs> I started to get tired. But, but instead of being on guard and being vigilant, they fell asleep. Now, we live, where, or we live in an environment where we, we try to promote and build what we call a culture of prayer, right? I mean, if you've hung around here for any length of time, you know that our stick is prayer. We, we've dedicated sets to it. We, we dedicated thousands of dollars per month to it so that we can have a space where prayer and worship can continually take place for our city, for our churches, for America, and so on. And so we're big on prayer. And, and if you've hung around this church for any length of time, you know that we're always talking about the endless possibilities that can happen when God's people pray in a positive sense. And that's good and we should. But I want to submit to you what happens when we don't pray. What happens when we don't take that stand? What, what goes on? Because just as much as there is a positive thing that takes place and occurs when we do pray, there is a negative thing and a very detrimental thing in that it is detrimental to the church when we don't. You following me? Remember, Jesus said, watch and pray so that what? You will not enter into temptation. Wasn't this the Lord's prayer? Part of the Lord's prayer? In Matthew 6, 13, part of the Lord's prayer is, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
Scholars believe that prayer is one of our, as believers, main line of defense when it comes to defending ourselves against the strategies and the schemes of the enemy. And this is why Jesus emphasizes and kind of links the two together in his prayer, uh, the Lord's Prayer, excuse me, in Matthew 6.13, and why he's telling his disciples here, because we know that moments from this time when the disciples are sleeping instead of praying, they are going to fall. <laughs> we, you, 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 we, don't, we don't need to get into it. You know, we know Peter's story. We know Judas's story. We know the whole gamut of things of where we saw that these disciples surely did fall to temptation. Now, let's break this down practically. Let's use Ephesians chapter 6 to do so. Now, some context of Ephesians chapter 6 is that after exhorting the church that the battle we fight is not against flesh and blood, this is Paul, but against the devil and his schemes in verse 11, Paul goes on to instruct them uh, to dress appropriate, if you would, appropriately for a confrontation between the powers that we are really up against. And so that's the context here of what we're about ready to read. We're going to pick up our reading in verse 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Can you guys say that with me? We do not. Let's try that again now. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Listen, your wrestle today, your fight is not against your spouse. Your wrestle and your fight is not against your friend who has now misunderstood you and maybe you've become a little offended. Your wrestle is not against your pastor of who you've become very maybe discontented with and feel like he's a wash up and no good. Your wrestle is not against that. Your fight is against something greater. And we need to, in 2020 and 2021, turn our eyes wide open to who our enemy really is. It's time to smarten up. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers. Wow, Paul is getting crazy. Little sci-fi. Cosmic powers. But no, he's, he, we're the ones that are crazy. Because we're not open, and we, we, don't, we live in, in such a set of natural circumstances. You know, everything is, ah, it's just a bad economy. No, I'm just not getting any work, you know. Ah, me and my wife are going through a hard spot, spot in our marriage, you know. Everything just gets very practical and very worldly. But Paul brings it into the cosmic realm and says, no, it's not between you and others. It's between powers, principalities of darkness, cosmic powers. He goes on in verse 13. Therefore, this is where he instructs us to start dressing ourselves for this battle. Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. And as, I'm sorry, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying what? Praying what? Praying what? Praying what? At all times. Praying at all times in the spirit with prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me, that the words may be given to me 
in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. Don't you love it that Paul just puts that little disclosure? He, he, he talks about dressing ourselves for battle, and then he gives us the means or the wardrobe of where we're to go to get dressed for that battle, and that is prayer, if you're tracking with me. Much like somebody in the military. I don't know if we have anybody in the military here. You, you know, they would get dressed for a certain kind of combat. We, the body of Christ, are to dress ourselves for the battle that we are in, in order to stand against the temptation. Satan and his hordes have focused on us and are bringing into our world and our sphere. And so how do we do this? It's very simple. We get on our knees and we pray. Right? This is not all that weird at all. This is not all that sci-fi at all. We realize where the battle is. We realize how we get ready for that battle. And how we get ready for that battle, or more appropriately, where we get ready for that battle is in prayer. I got my wife and Will with me. So I believe that place in which we find these defensive tools, so to speak, that Paul lists here, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, and the shield of faith, I believe the answer of where we get these things is in verse 18, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplications. Sounds similar to what Jesus commanded his disciples to do, right? He said, apart from keeping alert, persevering in prayer, we won't survive. That, that's, that's the real reality of this, friends. Let me say that again. Apart from keeping alert, keeping alert, and, and persevering in prayer, we will not survive. You think 2020 was hard? Friends, I would just, not to suck hope out of this room, I would say get ready for 2021 and so on because you have not seen anything yet. And most likely, it's either going to do one or two things. It's going to get you on your knees in prayer, or you're going to get distracted, tired, and fall asleep with binge-watching Netflix. Listen to Jesus in Luke chapter 21, 34 through 35. Here's another watch out. Keep alert. Watch out, don't let your hearts be dulled by carousing and drunkenness and by the worries of this life. Man, if this doesn't resonate in 2020. If, if the worries of this life don't feel like they're pressing in, right, from every side, from every angle. Don't let the day catch you unaware like a trap, for that day will come upon Everyone living on the earth. No one is exempt. Keep alert at all times and pray that you might be strong enough to escape the coming horrors. Now, I have not come here to bring a dark cloud of doom and gloom, you know, into the new year. But I would just lovingly submit to you that that dark cloud is already here, in a way, um, and I'm sure you can resonate with that. And so what's going to keep us in, in the tension 
of all of this? What's going to keep our eyes lifted and our hearts encouraged? What's going to keep us strong? Well, Jesus just said it. Pray. <laughs> it's not a mystery. Pray. Sometimes what Jesus offers is so simple, it's offensive. Right? Like, it, like Jesus, do you not have a better answer for the crisis that we're in? Do you do not have a better answer for the terrible year, God, that we have had in 2020? There is no better answer, guys. There is no better answer. Have you, have you ever been in your car driving, and about five minutes into your drive, you suddenly get wicked tired? I just, wicked, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that, but you just get tired. You get hit with a wave of exhaustion. You're like, where did that come from? And you're driving, and you're trying to keep your eyes open. I don't know what your MO is when that happens, like what you do, but I do the typical roll down the windows, blare 80s music, and sing at the top of my lungs. I maybe shake my head violently at times, too. And, and, and yes, I get a little violent. I, I, I slap my face sometimes because sometimes it gets that bad. And it's okay. You I mean, you can get away with that in the summer, right? You know, blaring Bohemian Rhapsody and singing at the top of your lungs in the summer. Yeah, just, you know, trying to cruise. But when it's the winter and you're on the highway and there's a traffic jam and you got it going and you got your windows down, you're screaming at the top of your lungs, people look at you like, what's wrong with that man? You know, that's what I do when I'm physically exhausted. But what about when I'm spiritually exhausted? Right? What do I do when I'm spiritually exhausted? What do I do when it's not my eyes that are tired, but it's my heart? Anybody, anybody there this year? Feel a little tiredness of the heart, just like, oh. You know, just, it, it feels more natural to just daff out to Amazon Prime and Netflix than it does to pray. It feels more natural just to sob and cry myself to sleep than just hit up the prayer room for two hours with other people and pray with them and, and work this thing out in prayer and, and, and come before God and present ourselves before God in prayer, doesn't it? Makes more sense. I certainly can relate to that as well. I put myself amongst those numbers. You know, uh, again, don't want to be a, a Debbie Downer here, but uh, 2020 has been a difficult year, and I, I suspect that 2021 will be a tricky year as well. It will come with its own laundry list of complications for us individually and for us corporately, as a, for us as a nation and a globe. I, I imagine it will. And in, in difficulty uh, seasons and times like we're in, it, it, can, it makes total sense that the church we, the people of God, would lose a measure of our excitement and heart about God's kingdom, about our faith. I mean, I, I, I've seen it already. In this church alone, where many are just battling and trying to just keep their interest and their focus on Jesus. And, and, and you know, I, 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 can, I, I, I feel for them. I, I'm not trying to, you know, pour out more shame and, and condemnation or like, yeah, you should get it right. You know, what are you doing? You're failing miserably. Get this stuff right. No, I, I feel for them because I feel that, 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 only, that, that same thing creeping up on, uh, in my heart. Times like this, that the times like we're in, are, are beautifully orchestrated and, and made for people like you and me to flourish. 
Some of you are like, yeah, I don't know about that. (laughs) They are. They, They totally are. Why? Because we have a hope, friends, that, that, that's not grounded, it's not tethered, it's, it's not founded on the things that happen in this world and the shaking and the complexities of, 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 of government and, and pandemics. And, and it's, not, it's, it's not shaken and rattled by, by racial unrest because our hope isn't in that. Our hope isn't in the things of this world. A couple of you agree. A couple of you are so, I don't know about that. Like, I, you know, I, I, I like to think I'm there, but I don't know if I'm there. But friends, that, if you're not there, that's where you need to be. And, and, if, and, and if there's nothing that's going to get you there, friends, then, then just let the days and the weeks and the months unfold. Because they're going to get worse. <laughs> and you're going to need to have your hope built upon something else rather than your bank account, your education, your marriage, pandemics, racial unrest, who's going to be in the White House. It's going, to, it's, going to be, it's going to have to be far more than that. Far more than that for us to survive. And if you're battling like me, well, listen, here, here Jesus provides for us an escape provides for us an escape, and that escape is prayer. (laughs) It's as simple as that. What other religion does their God say, come to me, all who are weary? (laughs) I almost want to say what other God, but there is no other God, but Jesus God says, come to me, all who are weary. Now, how do you envision yourself coming to God alive and well here in 2020? How, in prayer, right? I mean, that's how I go to God. I mean, I, when I come to Him, I come to Him in prayer, conversation, dialogue. And He lifts that weariness. So when the Things of this world and everything that seems to be unraveling apply their pressure to my life. Jesus says, come to me, pray, find strength, find rest for your weary heart. Listen to Corey Tim Boone, uh, a quote of which I love. And this really brings it home and we'll let this quote uh, speak for us as we bring this to a close. If you look at the world, you will be distressed. If you look within, you'll be depressed. You gotta love these rhymers, you know, these old school people, you know. But if you look at the world, you'll be distressed. If you look within, you'll be depressed. If you look at God, you'll be at rest. Isn't it that simple? Isn't it just that simple? And, and I think, you know, here's a girl who, who, if you don't know who she is, do some research. You want to talk about hard times, difficult situations and circumstances? Look at her life. Read some of the quotes, some of the things that she took away from some of the hard times she faced. What's her resolve? Look to God. Don't don't look into the world because the world will let you down. Don't look within because you're not going to find it there. Look to the Father. Let me wrap this up with just one more quote, if you'd allow me. I like letting other people speak and clear things up 
uh, for me because sometimes I lack clarity. But John Bloom, an author of whom I love, says this. The simplicity of Jesus' promise, now we're talking about the promise found in Matthew eleven twenty eight, where Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. The simplicity of that promise is both striking and refreshing. Jesus doesn't offer us a fourfold path to peace, giving enlightenment like Buddha did. He, he doesn't give us five pillars of peace through submission as Islam does, nor does he give us 10 ways to reveal your weariness, which we pragmatic, self-helped, orientated 21st century Americans are so drawn to. Unique to anyone else in human history, Jesus simply offers himself as the universal solution to all that burdens us. Why are we emphasizing prayer in, in maybe a different light than what we usually do? Because I believe, just like we're going to get into follow, in the following Sundays, praise and proclamation, these things are going to keep us in these rather uncertain times. Prayer is going to keep us. It's going to keep us strong rather than sleeping and slumbering. It's, it's going to keep us sharp rather than dull. Praise is going to be able to lift our hearts when we're discouraged. I don't know about you, but some of the greatest moments in my life as a worship leader, when I've felt like at the end of my rope, discouraged and despaired, is when I start to give thanks and when I start to praise God, get my eyes off the situation of what's going on and get my eyes on God and His bigness. And then proclamation. Well, proclamation should never stop. Days like this were meant to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. And so this is where we're going. This is what we're going to be doing in 2021. A lot of prayer, a lot of praise, and a lot of proclamation. Close your eyes, let's pray. Lord, I have done my best to you. Put forth your word, God. I, I ask, Lord, that now your Holy Spirit would do the rest of the work. Lord, it's one thing to preach and speak on the topic of prayer, Lord. And, um, but, Lord, I, I'm, I'm wanting to do more than that. I'm wanting to take action, God. And, and not just in the, the prayer room, God. I, I want to be actively praying in my home, God. I realize that this is where it really starts. Everything starts within the four walls of my home and then spills out over into the prayer room. It spills on over into the church. And so, God, I do ask, Lord, that you would change our course as a church, that we would be more given to prayer in 2021, God, that we would see the dangers of what exists, Lord, when we don't pray, the temptation that we're we, we, we could fall into that we often do fall into, Lord, when we're not praying, when we're not watchful, when we're not alert and vigilant. God, I, I, I pray, Lord, that you would 
You would make us that people who are watchful in 2021. You would make us that people who are prayerful in 2021. And God, I ask, Lord, that we would see prayer as a means to equip ourselves with the tools and the equipment that you've given us to fight against the evil one and the schemes, Lord, that he, he wants to trip us up and devour us with, God. And I also pray, Lord, that as our hearts get burdened, as I imagine they will, and, and they probably are, God, that, that we would see prayer as a means to be relieved of our weariness, and, and to take those burdens and cast them upon the Lord. For His yoke is light, Lord, His burden is light. God, I, I pray, Father, surely, surely we would see the benefits of praying, not just to see revival, not just to see awakening, not to just see come, some kind of movement spread out into Cambridge, but Lord, even uh, as a means to protect our own lives, as a means to find rest for our own lives, as a means to keep our hearts sharp, to keep our bodies alert and vigilant, Jesus. Pray, God, I pray by your spirit you would, you would do this in this community. I, I pray, God, that you would awaken something deep within us that, that 2020 has sought to kill and destroy. Awaken a spirit of prayer in this church, a spirit of praise and proclamation, God. God, we're reminded of Jesus's parable in Luke 18 the opening words said man should always pray and never lose heart God give us the persistence of that widow let us come before King Jesus always asking making supplication interceding God always and let us never ever lose heart but let us find rest also as we persevere, as we come to Jesus in prayer.